What's your favorite scary movie? (laughs) (laughs) You know. You know. Welcome to Scary Pair, a horror movie podcast between partners. I'm Nine. I could be the ghost face killer too. But I know that you're Opal. Opal. <laughs> uh, and we're doing a little special episode. We're going to be doing a Scream franchise retrospective. It's special. Uh, we just watched the new Scream, Scream 6. Um, we've watched all of them in the last, like, Three weeks, I want to say. Yeah, we we basically marathoned all of them the past couple weeks. And that was quite something. Yeah, we had only seen Scream 1 heading yeah. into the, the marathon. Uh, so it was kind of like our prep for the new movie. And uh, we're going to talk about each of them and the franchise as a whole. Uh, and kind of give our feelings about it. It's a retrospective. We're going to retrospect. Um, we will be getting into spoiler talk for each of them. I think it's safe to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we will hold a spoiler talk of six until the last one. That, we'll talk about six at the very, very end. So that if people want to get out and see that, because, you know, it's still only in theaters, uh, you can skip that part. Yeah. Uh, and we are going to do... Uh, uh, a ranking of screams. Yeah, we'll do a, we'll do a personal ranking from our discussion earlier. I think our rankings are gonna look a little different, but that's part of the fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is obviously this isn't quite a normal episode. This isn't quite a feature creatures. It's a it's little bit of both. Somewhere in between. So we're figuring this out as we go. So we deal completely with that. are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, should we give any, like, should we introduce the franchise at all, or should we just get into Scream 1? Let's get into Scream 1. I don't think it needs any preamble. I mean, Scream is Scream. Yeah, I mean, Scream, um, so it is probably the only really successful 90s slasher? I would say so, yes. Um, you know, it's, it's, um explicitly kind of riffing off the slasher films of the 80s um it's kevin williamson the writer's first movie Uh, it's kind of like his breakout movie and then obviously it's helmed by wes craven uh who's you know wes craven he's he's already like a big deal at this point um i found out that apparently according to williamson uh he was inspired to write the script from scream because he watched some of the uh coverage on the Gainesville Ripper which is weird that is a little weird it does like smack of like serial killer a little bit more than just like Jason like you don't think of Jason as like a serial killer you don't think of him as like a guy with a knife who is like a real guy like the 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 serial killers of the 80s are more like characters they're more like monsters or like forces of nature than they are just like the real movie, dudes. The movie ones. Not the real ones. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. The, the like slasher villains of the 80s, right? Are like, that. it kind of, I would say it kind of like plays into the, the 
ideas of the times, right? Because... Well, it's... A lot of them are copying Halloween, just straight up. Like, we can argue about, like, what starts slashers, like, what is the first slasher, what popularized the genre, but they're all copying Halloween, right? Like, we can just say that. Right, yeah. And that's, but that's definitely, like, the, the archetype, like, Michael Myers is, like, a, he's a force of nature. He's, like, a primal entity. Yes. He's not, like, a dude, really. He Uh, is, but he isn't. Yeah, I mean, like, he, he is, like, a real person in, like, the, the kind of franchise of Halloween, but I would say, like, the further and further along you get in the copying Halloween kind of territory, the less and less the... You have to make it supernatural at some point because it gets too ridiculous. And, you know, I think, like, um, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street is maybe, like, the pinnacle of the supernatural E1, where it's, like, we're not even really... Sure, there there is like a real Freddy Krueger out there, but it's not really like what the no, movie's about. No, exactly. I I think Elm Street is pretty unique by itself, though. I wouldn't call it a copy of Halloween necessarily, but it is like following that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, uh, in the nineties, we're uh, we have just a lot more information about serial killers as like people. I feel like, and I feel like that kind of comes through in this in like the kind of nineties conception of scream where like the villains are like dudes with a manifesto or yeah, like a, we are we're talking about teenagers as monsters basically they're troubled is, teens yeah, yeah right so it's it's very much like in that kind of zone it's very um, um i think billy specifically kind of has like this henry portrait of a serial killer thing going on with like his weird like slick back hair and covered in blood and i think that's why he gets like idolized as like the main killer throughout the franchise but I'm going to talk about it <laughs> well, because I, I mean, think I think we should talk about Stu more as well. Well, yeah. So uh, I think um, Stu's kind of like I think Stu and Billy's relationship is also very indicative of how people thought about this kind of stuff at the time. Because Stu is like he makes a joke about it that like, oh, no, I'm along for the ride. Like he's, yeah, he's pressuring he's me into follower. doing it. But he's he's saying that ironically as like, a, oh, this is what people are going to believe afterwards. Like, I'm not going to be blamed for this kind of a thing um which is fast like it's it's very like poking fun at it but it's funny because it is Wes Craven right so he's poking fun at himself a little bit too a little bit yeah um when they're poking fun at the genre so yeah I mean Scream like super successful it was like the most it was like the highest grossing slasher movie for like 20 years yes so so a couple of unique things about Scream are kind of like we hadn't done duos before, really. Yeah, I not, think... Not really. And that's kind of like the signature of the franchise going forward. They kind of like embrace that, that it always has to be a duo. Except that one time. <laughs> we'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> Except that one time. Um, and then I think the other thing is just like the kind of meta sort of perspective on movies. It's we're going to talk about... It's almost like a comedy element. Like we're going to talk about... Um, this is Randy's fault. Randy is the one doing this. I think Randy is such an important character for thinking about kind of the franchise because like when I I used to be kind of just a casual watcher of the movie I always remember it as like uh, Matthew Lillard doing that like he does the like the speech but no that's like a a guy he's a distinct <laughs> guy a different character who like they kind of latch onto. I think Randy starts off as kind of this um this like appeal to slasher old heads. That very quickly becomes just, like, the audience 
uh, uh, talking directly to the audience kind of character. Yes, uh, Randy will be a, a pivotal figure moving forward, yeah. which you never would want or expect if you just knew the first movie. But he is a he is an archetype. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it, but like these movies, not only do they like to talk about the the kind of movies themselves as objects, they also like to talk about fans. And the kind of popular reaction to movies. That's more of a recent thing. But they, I mean, it used to be more about the movies. Now it's more about like the the kind of social reaction to movies. But I mean, it's even there in the first one. It's, you know, don't blame the movies. The movies didn't create psychos. They made psychos more creative. That's a great line. That's a great it's, line. It's full, of, it's full of great lines like that. So it, it's talking about that stuff, even in Scream 1. Um, and I think Randy is the most it is doing that. And I think it starts to become like a more and more pivotal and like expected part of every Scream movie is like, okay, who's going to be the character that's going to explain the rules to everybody? For better, for worse. It gets bad <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes it is like, why am I doing this? No, absolutely. And I think um, the... Together with the um, kind of duo um, killer thing, is the killer is never revealed until the end. And yes, it's always it's always a pseudo mystery where you have to figure out yes. who the killer is. Whereas, like in other movies, like you kind of already know a lot of the time. Like there there were elements of that, uh, like Argento films. Like those are typically a kind of like mystery, like who done it kind of thing a little bit yeah, as well. That, so that's totally in there, like the there genre. There have been for sure. elements of that, but this one really takes that and runs with it. Yeah, um, and I think it's something that, like, everyone expects. And it becomes, like, we're going to talk about it when we get to Scream 2, but, like... Scream 2? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, well, we'll just save it. Let, how, do, how do we feel about Scream 1, the first one? It's always going to be the best one. It just it, is. It just is. It just the, is. The cold open is iconic. Nothing is ever going to match up to it. It's. I think it's probably one of the most famous iconic horror openings of all time. And the reason that it is iconic is for the reasons that Scream is iconic. Yeah. It is the fact that it is uh, the the phone call with the voice. It Drew is, Barrymore looking uh, weirdly it, frosty because it's very 90s. <laughs> it's um, the, the talking about pop culture and horror movies to the audience via the characters, right? Yeah, what's your favorite scary movie? What's your favorite scary movie? And then... It is also the playing with your expectations, expecting you to know these are the tropes of the genre. This is what I can come to expect with the fake out. Drew Barrymore is not the protagonist. She dies in the beginning. Yeah. This is just a cold open, right? So that stuff is like the core of what Scream is, and it's all right there in that intro. Yeah. And, you know, I think there are other things that Scream 1 does better than like the other ones. Um Matt Lillard's in it. The, the performances um, are my favorite, just straight up. I think, like, even even just outside, like... And I think the performances have a lot to do with this. It's just a really charming movie. It is Williamson at his, like, most reined in of these movies, I think. It's like I said. I think it's kind <laughs> of an accident that that movie turned out as good as it did. But I... I don't, I don't hate the writing in the newer ones, necessarily. I think what happened was, it was this guy's first script, and a lot of people were like, hold on, we're gonna kind of, we're not just gonna treat this like it's the greatest thing ever, we're gonna look at it and try and make it work, and they did that, and they had a very seasoned director and Wes Craven who did that, and then 
as Kevin Williamson uh, gets more of like an oeuvre, that control over the bullshit kind of lessens. Let's make I Know What You Did Last Summer. Let's make The <laughs> Faculty. Yeah, and I think he's doing the exact same stuff he's doing in Scream, but just way less charming. No, it's not. And, those movies are not good. And, you know, I don't know if it is just the performances or the fact that it's Craven doing it or the fact that there was maybe a little bit more meddling or what, but it, it just works in Scream 1 in a way that it doesn't always hit in his other stuff. Right. Um. Any, anything else on Scream 1? It's Scream 1. I mean, I don't think there's much else you can say about it, really. It's a classic. It's yeah. really good. Um, You know. I think it, it, it's required reading for anyone who considers themselves a horror fan. You have to watch Scream 1. You just do. Yeah. Which brings us to Scream 2. <laughs> yeah, so... We're in college, everyone! I don't hate this. The, the premise, you mean? <laughs> yeah, I don't hate the setting, necessarily. So. I think it's a little underutilized at times. Yeah, I think, um, if anything, weirdly, my problem with Scream 2 is that I think it struggles to, like, make a big, confident swing the way Scream 1 does. No. I, th- no. I think it is so obsessed with we have to cap- recapture the magic of Scream 1. Holy shit, we just, like, busted all the doors down. We have to get our fucking money that it's too afraid to do... Scream 1 is doing, like, a lot of big swings in the horror genre at the time. Like, there's a reason the movie's iconic. Like, people weren't really making slashers anymore. They certainly weren't making, like, meta, jokey, teen-focused slashers not, that way. Not right? really, no. So... Um, Scream 2 is like, all right, we're going to kind of just do Scream 1 again in a slightly different setting with basically the same people, and it just doesn't quite, like, hit the same heights as as Scream 1. I think the first half is really fun. I think the opener is kind of fun if it actually, like, delivered on doing anything (laughs) for, like, African-American characters, even though it wants to talk Uh, a big game. Like, that's a whole thing I kind of have an issue with. Well, and that's a really interesting one and for West Craven gonna in particular. And that's going to persist throughout the franchise. They're not going to do better by that anytime soon until the new ones, obviously. Because yeah. they're post-2015 movies or whatever, and we have to, but... Well, it's weird because Craven does have, like, a reputation as a director for being not the worst about that in the space. Um, and the fact that, like, you're having the conversation on screen... No, like... I- I'm thinking of the Elm Street movies. I think those yeah. are a little bit better, but I... Yeah. It's... It's still something that you're drawing attention to that you're not really doing better by. Like, there's something that, that we just need to say about the first four screen movies, and it's that they're they're just really fucking white. They they're are. There's, there's extremely they won't white. They put in like a token character to say something funny about like black people in movies, and it's not gonna go anywhere. The, and it's it's really like that until the modern ones. If I was gonna say, I think it's a Williamson problem as much as anything. All of his movies are kind of like this. It is yeah, this. The other two movies that we've seen are also like this, but also movies were just like that in the '90s and early 2000s. That's true. I guess specifically, like the fact that it centers on the kind of idyllic student experience. Is what makes it feel particularly super like white to me. Yes, if that makes we are sense. we are talking about Kappa Gamma Wada Wada. Yeah, um, and just like you know, I think putting the um, black minor characters on the screen, having the conversation out loud, hey, doesn't it suck to be a black person in a horror movie, is 
cool to have the conversation, but then to not do anything with that, like no. you said, fucking sucks. Like, all of the characters in that movie that are black just uh, aren't really characters. No, and I, I don't hate the movie opener either. Like, the fact that, like, it's a franchise now where we're making uh, Scream movies in-universe called Stab. So this is, this that, is the that's thing. That's the start of this. Th- this is the thing that I want to talk about with Scream 2. Because Scream 1, you know, it's, it's already Wes Craven. He's already, yeah, I'm kind of poking fun at myself here. You know who I am when Scream 1 comes out, right? But right the fuck away, the first sequel, they're like, okay, let's make fun of Scream 1. Let's specifically... I like that. I kind of like that part. I think it Where they, makes they, sense. They talk about who cast them in the movie or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think um, Drew Barrymore is Tori Spelling or something. <laughs> yeah. The fact that, yeah, we're going to have an in-universe movie called Stab, which is just the Scream franchise because somebody made a movie about these killings that happened in-universe. Yes. Is, I do like the way it is deployed, which is basically just... It is a vehicle to talk about the tropes of the franchise. And we can talk about that going forward. Like, they've made, like, eight or ten of them in-universe. So they can talk about the old Scream movies, just basically. Yeah, and, well, it's a way for it to say, okay, we've tried to kind of poke at slasher tropes. Let's poke at Scream tropes, because we're going to have to do all of these again in part two. Yeah, starting with two, two, we're going to start to establish more specific franchise rules which i think is interesting such as uh gail never fucking dies sydney never dies dewey doesn't die except that one time (laughs) (laughs) yeah um i also think too um leans a lot more on randy i think i (laughs) i think too is is the beginning of them the randification (laughs) of them leaning on randy as um because in the first movie he fucking sucks. He is the He's just kind of a background dude who's he's, like down bad, but now he, he's just he's the main one of the main characters. He is a caricature of horror fans for them to laugh at. Like you are so dumb for thinking that but, there are rules. But he's also right about everything. Yes, but that's the irony, right? Is yeah. that he's right, but it doesn't help him at all. Two, they need to make Randy like cool. I, like you're, he's you're not succeeding. He's got like a little goatee. He's like one of the original Woodsboro people that's like still in the cast. So I feel like he has a little bit more like clout compared to the newer characters. Does he have a soul patch? Yeah, yeah, it's bad. Is, is that when I started talking about Lost Lonely Boys? <laughs> I think so. Yes, I think that is when you reference Lost Lonely Boys. How far is ever? You're going to be doing this all week. I know. I got stuck <laughs> on it again. I mentioned Lost Lonely Boys one time when I saw a really bad soul patch, and I don't know where it came from. And then I started getting how far is heaven stuck in my head, and it was really bad. Anyway. <laughs> so, Randy. Uh, so, I think this is when they really lean into, okay, we've now, like talked about horror movie tropes we're not going to talk about our own tropes that we are going to play with and we're going to have a character do that to the audience they're going to speak basically again directly to the audience and they bring back randy for that but they yeah, also for this, for this one we talk, start talking about sequel conventions which doesn't mean anything yeah but they also fucking kill him they do they do just murder randy but we will find a way <laughs> to get randy back in the franchise don't you worry 
I do want to say though, for we mentioned that like, um, you know, the, like the the main character, like the main like core three characters don't die, um, except for that one time. But I think for the most part, one thing that I think Scream as a slasher franchise does really well is it fucking kills characters. It kills a lot of characters. There's a lot of deaths, and yeah, they introduce a lot of characters just to die, then uh, like a scene later. Um, and yeah, they have a lot of like legacy characters. Yeah, Sarah Jessica Parker is probably the biggest name in this one, and she eats it really fast, which I think is also kind of typical for these. Yeah, um, but but I like the way that they are committed to oh like God. we're gonna kill a bunch of people in all of these. I'm sorry, I said Sarah Jessica Parker. I meant um, Sarah Michelle Gellar. <laughs> yes, yes, right. those are two different people. Uh, excuse you, yeah. Well, but she's a main part of the cast. But in she, the first she was one. in Buffy, so she's probably like the most popular person in here. And they're not afraid to just fucking kill her. Yeah. Um, which I think is like a big swing. I think killing Randy as like the fan favorite is a bit of a big swing. Is Randy the fan favorite though? I think for a. Uh, we're going to talk about it as we go on, but I think for a certain genre of horror movie fan, I think they identify super hard with Randy in this movie. That's fair. But as far as sequels go, yeah, they kind of had me in the first half, but then it yeah. kind of goes on for a while with some really stupid stuff. And we got to talk about the killer reveal is just not very good. The killer reveal is probably the worst in the franchise because it makes no fucking sense. And, you know, it's a tough act to follow. Like, Scream 1... They have the double reveal that explains a lot of, like, movie magic stuff in a way that's really satisfying. The killers have a really satisfying, like, kind of final act where the mask is off and they're kind of vamping to the audience and everything. You know, they've got really fun guys doing, you know, Billy and Stu. They're really fun. This movie does just doesn't have it in the same it way. It picks two characters that aren't characters. And, like, just don't have the screen presence where, like, they're doing something and I want to watch them. It's like, no, they're just... No, I don't care about Debbie Loomis. <laughs> Which I I kind of <clears throat> understand where it's coming from. I wouldn't mind if it was just, like, her. Because I get the, like, Friday the 13th, like, reference. reference like, yes, yeah, the mom, the mom comes, back. comes back. Yeah, I get that. But then this other guy... Listen... I, I don't think you can have it both ways. I just feel like, like I said at the beginning of Scream 2, it just doesn't have the courage to take a big swing with who the killer is going to be. It's like, oh, we've got to like make it somebody you didn't expect, and it just makes it a worse movie. Yeah, um, well, whether we believe the uh, script leak stuff or <laughs> not... Yeah, we'll never know, right? We'll never really know, it, but... What we do know is that at the end of the day, like, the killer reveal just fell flat. It wasn't very good. No, it's not it, very it's good. It's my biggest problem with Scream 2. That said, I still think there's a lot to like about it. I still like Scream 2. I think it looks good. I like the... It's very colorful with the campus and everything. It's a good shooting location. And I love the, like, broad daylight kills and stuff like that. I think that's, that's always good. really yeah, good when a horror movie can too. do that. Um... You know, it never quite like hits the high highs of Scream, but like it's a f it's better than a lot of like random movies I've seen, especially like, you know, as far as slasher sequels go, I think it's OK. Yeah, I, I think like it's still pretty good. Like I didn't need to know about Sydney and drama class, though. Like whether she's going <laughs> right. to do like the main part or not. Yeah, definitely. Um, OK, so Scream 3. Scream 3. We're going to Hollywood. 
It's the worst one. Easily, right? Um, yeah, I think so. I think it's just safe to say Scream 3 is the, the worst one. Um, this, this one is where you start getting confused where Scream starts and where Scary Movie ends because it just feels like such a parody of itself. And I want to talk about this because we're now in the year 2000. Oh, yeah. Um, and I feel like there's this real, like, um, I watched, like, a lot of random TV around this time as a kid, like adult TV that just happened to be on because adults would be, like, in my house watching TV. Yeah. And this looks so much like TV of that time. Like, I'm going to say this looks exactly like Friends looks. Oof. And, like, it just does. It just does for so much of it. Um, Not just because Courtney Cox has the worst hair of all time. Oh, it's bad. Um, But it just, like, it's not as visually interesting as the other ones. No, no. Um, It brings in way too much, like, it has this whole, um, like, backstory plot about Sydney's mom. Yeah, it wants to have you think for a second that maybe, like, she's seeing, it could be the ghost of her mom, and maybe we're going, like, supernatural, which we're not. We're just We're never gonna do that. It's not, like, in, it's not a good, um, like, weird thing to do. There's also, like, some really annoying stuff about, like, Oh, here's this voice changer technology that we're doing. That's just they do it like too many times. They they, they do it like do four this, or five times. They do this thing where they can just they can like AI style copy someone's voice and just say things with someone's voice, which we still can't really <laughs> do, by the way. It's crazy. And just like I think I think that the like doing things too many times and not having the restraint is like what makes the movie bad to me it's the fact that like they just don't have like the decisiveness to be like okay here's what we're gonna do they and they kind of just stretch all the time for these weird plot twists i think the biggest one for me like i normally don't really care about stuff like this but at one point the person that is revealed to be the killer uh quote-unquote dies on camera and you see his body and a character goes and examines his body checks his pulse and says he's got no pulse yeah i feel like i feel like we maybe should have a little bit of an explanation for that maybe he does like a jigsaw like i took a pulseless drug just when i talk about like not having any like confidence in your fucking movie it's stuff like this it's like the fact that um yeah you know (laughs) We have no way to credibly uh, get you to think this isn't the guy, so we are just going to um, lie trick, to you. Trick you. We're d- not even trick you, because like the first, the first scream is a trick. It's like, oh, the character that's in prison is doing the murders, because there's two of them, right? And that's, but that's like a good gag, right? Because it gets you to think about both of the characters and like where you know it's subverting your expectation. This yeah, is yeah. this is just lying to you. Th- this is my problem because the second one feels like it didn't need a duo, but this one did. And this is the only one. This is the only one without a duo. It's just one guy. Not only one guy, but it's Sydney's secret brother who yeah. is a director. Her her secret half brother who's a director. Yeah. It's not good. It's just, and like, uh, Roman, the character's name, also is just not that compelling. No, he's not really there. He's at least on screen more than the killers in 2 are. I think this is a better killer reveal than 2. 
Um, but I think everything else is worse, basically. Yeah, and then we have to go into this stuff about, like, her mom and how she was, like, treated bad by Hollywood. When, like, we still have Weinsteins on the payroll, right? Like, we're not <laughs> talking about that yet. Yeah, like, this is a this is a Weinstein Bros production. And it wants to talk about, like, how horrible Hollywood is and the way it, like, chews up women. But not really. No, like, not really. No, not really. It's just, um, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. It it does have the, the first and only uh, big fuck-off stupid explosion, though, in the franchise. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, another thing that I think is annoying about this one is they're, like, running out of legacy characters to bring back and kill. So they bring back, like, the most annoying ones to bring back and kill. Uh, specifically, I'm thinking of, um, uh, yeah, they bring back Cotton Weary as, like, a, a character, a guy I'm supposed to care about, even though he's had maybe, like, a grand total of 45 seconds on screen in the franchise up to this point. He started a talk show called 100% Cotton. That's right. And just, like, I don't care about this guy. I don't care that he's shitty. I don't care about his shitty talk show. I don't care about his relationship with Sydney. Like... Yeah, he didn't need to be a character, exactly. I guess he is, like, a part of 2, but I didn't like him in 2 either. He didn't have to be in 2. He was mostly just a suspect in 2. Yeah, um, so, yeah, I don't I don't love the, like, supporting cast in this one at all. I think, um, the killer reveal's only okay, and there's just a bunch of stuff that I don't want. I don't mind the final act being in, like, this giant fuck-off, like pervert mansion like that's okay as a setting for like the finale but yeah yeah um you know i like the i always love when there's a secret door and we that the the randy moment in this one i think is the funniest because it has this woman come out like i'm randy's sister i have a videotape that he wanted you to see and then he just delivers the rules like he's there yeah yeah and we he's never, like, we never talk about her ever again until the new ones which i guess she had kids who are the new Randys. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Uh, he, yeah, he shows up in a videotape to be like, I think I'm going to die in this movie that I'm in in two. Uh, <laughs> and if I do, here's going to be the ro- the rules for the third one. And it's like, this is so forced this and is, so yeah. stupid. Um, it, it, you might as well have a hologram of him from R2-D2 or something. Also, the literal rules he gives are like, oh, um, it's a trilogy now. Here are the rules for trilogies. And they are not the rules for trilogies. No, they they very much cherry pick the rules. And I don't I don't even not think a lot of the pick. rules that we pick apply to these movies. They, not cherry pick, they make up shit. They're just like, this is a genre convention, and it just isn't. It like, isn't. Just say you want to set up this thing that you're going to do in the movie. Don't like pretend that like we start talking about Star like, Wars. Star did Wars this. <laughs> because that, we're not talking about horror movies anymore. Who cares? Yeah. So three worst one. Yes, it is the worst one. We do agree on this. Let's get into another one. Scream four. four. We're so ba- so we're back in Woodsboro. And it is 2011. So, funny thing. Uh, what's his name? David Arquette and Courtney Cox got married for real. Yes. The, the year that their characters got married. And in 2011, they got divorced. 
So I was really hoping that they would get divorced in this movie. But they do in the next one. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So they have a weird relationship in this one for sure. Um, they, but... the, the rule for uh, Dewey and Gale is that they always have to start the movie hating each they other. They have to start pissed off at each other. And then they end in love. No, no matter right. if they're still married or not. <laughs> no matter what, yeah. Um, four, I think my biggest problem with Four is that um, it's 2011, and we're, so... We're still trying to make Hayden Panettiere happen. That's not my biggest problem. I don't think she's that bad in this one. Well... I don't love the supporting cast in Four. I think there's Emma Roberts and basically nobody else of note. Uh, uh, Rory Culkin. Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, so, okay. My biggest problem with four is that it is 2011 and everyone is sad and in the suburbs it's in 2011. It's a really great movie. It is the most, like... Everything's just washed out. Again, it just feels like TV of the time. It feels like, it I don't does. know, it feels like Law & Order or something. Like, a Law <laughs> & Order SVU or something like that. Like, here, we're going to cut to the, the gray suburbs where there's been a murder and we're investigating. The crime scene unit is investigating. Yeah, and, sure. Like, here's this pathetic suburban mother whose life sucks and makes lemon bars. She's back, by the way. Uh, <laughs> she wasn't. She wasn't a suburban mother yet. She was just a cop. No, but she's... In 4, she is. In 5, she is. 4 is her first appearance, where she's sweet on David Arquette. Right, right. The lemon barley. Okay, yeah, yeah. They introduce her in 4. Yeah. It's just, like, it's a really... Yeah, it's a really sad and gray setting, and it just doesn't feel like Scream. Like, okay, we're back in Woodsboro, but, like... Scream in Woodsboro is like this very bright, sunny, like yes. place, and everything's really colorful, like, and you know, everything's uh, virile, virile and alive because it's the '90s and it's not 2011. I guess um, <laughs> we haven't been brutalized by a, a forever war that makes us uh, uh, hate and each all other. All of our shows gray. At this point in 2011, if you still own a house, I hate you. <laughs> so, like, it, it's it's um. It's just different. Right. It's just, it has a very different, like, tenor to it. Um, it does. I, I feel like for the most part, it's just kind of boring and playing by the numbers. I think the opener is kind of funny. I like the opener a lot. The opener has, like, a movie within a movie within a movie thing happening, which is fun. And I like the people that they get for it as well. Um, who are the who are some of the people in the the opening? They get Kristen Bell. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking of Kristen Bell. Um, Anna Paquin. It it it's fun. It's like a fun intro, and I think they do a good job of like the intro building and building and how stupid and fun it is. Um, but it it really peters out towards like the middle. It's got like the middle of that movie. I just like is a black hole. Yeah, um, yeah, kinda. Um, you know, maybe a byproduct of the fact that we watched a bunch of these like back to back to back basically I don't but think so because even when it's like bad it's kind of funny but there's just kind of nothing going on yeah and then i think the high point of the movie after that is kind of the ending yeah um, i agree i actually do like the ending i like the killer's reveal i like yeah. emma roberts so i love emma roberts doing her freak out bit 
Yeah, where she's doing, like, her surprise bitch thing. She's doing her Billy and Stu moment by herself. Yeah, Um, yeah, basically. And I I think it's really good, actually. I think she's really good at this. Um, There's a reason that she kept getting cast as villains after this, I think. Yeah. Because she's kind of good at it. And then, like, this does something different where, like, the killer almost gets away with it. Like, she almost kills Sydney and gets away being the survivor like her plan intended. But then, like, she has to go kill her in the hospital. Like that, I think that's nuts. <laughs> I think some of some of the that last bit is a little contrived. When she's like throwing herself into the glass in the room, that's really good. Yeah, when she's um, faking her injuries. Yeah, I, I think I, I always that's love very shit like scream that. one. Um. Oh, another problem I have with this with with Scream Four is that the main cast is still. They're not, like, quite ready to pass the torch to the young people yet, but they're also, like, not really the stars of the movie either. Yeah, you really feel them aging in this one. I I don't think they really do much They don't. All. They don't do a lot, but they still don't have it in them I to guess, make, like, I anyone guess... but Sydney be the hero yeah, in the end. Yeah, Emma so... Roberts is related to Sydney, so that's, like, a whole, like, betrayal thing. It, it always has to, like, come back to Sydney in a way where I'm, like, I'm, I'm kind of over it. Yeah, you know? we could be like, done with Sydney, and at a point, like, we are, but... I, I mean, 3 was already, like, way too much Sydney with, like, her whole mom backstory and stuff like that. Um, I was, like... The fact that they're, like, willing to kind of pull back on them, but then they're not ready to, like, fully let them go and let them just be side characters either, it's just not satisfying. It's like, um, it's like Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, where he's, like, still the main character of the movie, but they want to have this, like, other side character next to him to, like, share scream time, but he's not as compelling and it just makes the movie worse. Like, it, it felt like that. It's, like, either go all the way where he's, like, barely in the movie... Or, you know, the legacy characters are, like, you know, just side characters that show up. Or, you know, have them just be the stars of the movie and it, it can't make up its mind. Yeah. We, we make one of the Randys the villain, which is kind of interesting, I guess, which never happens. Yeah. I also think the kills in 4 look the worst. Yeah, we're trying to get more violent with it, which... You know, is is whatever. There's like a whole shot of like somebody who's been like flayed and covered in blood or whatever, and it just looks like a jumble, and it's not really <laughs> like distressing to look at at all. So, I I also think it's hilarious that Woodsboro has an annual like scream party where they like <laughs> Rocky Horror style like have callouts and everything. Like that's nuts to me. <laughs> that is nuts. Yeah. A lot of people have died and are still dying. Yeah, the, the like, school film club bit is just not that interesting. I think I told you that one girl got stabbed one time in Wisconsin and they banned Slenderman forever and she didn't even die. <laughs> so that's crazy to me. And just, like, the, this is another case where, like, I think it really wants to, like, talk to horror movie fans. And, like, the idea that there is a school film club in like 2011 and they're a horror movie club is we don't we don't have clubs in schools we don't have funding for that (laughs) well but if we did have like a film club they wouldn't be watching like scream i think they could i don't think so i don't think you don't think so no i don't think the like horror i don't think there's like that kind of specific like i don't think the general filmmaking club is the horror movie club I think those are separate things. I think film people love horror movies, personally. 
I think there's the goth kids club who like scary movies that occasionally crosses over, but those are separate groups. I couldn't disagree with you more. All right. Fair enough. Should we talk about Scream 5? Scream 5. So we're in the new era. So we do another 10-year jump. We are 2022 now. And we're, you know, uh, we talked about how we kind of wanted the older characters to hand it off and do like a new thing. And they're doing that. They're doing that. So this is the first Scream. I, and I think it's all the better for it. This is this is the first one that's not directed by Wes Craven. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unfortunately he passed away in 2015. Yes. Um, Williamson is still uh, attached. He's like producing. Um, and they have the writer and director team. It's like two groups of two guys that did Ready or Not. Didn't yeah, use? which um, I, I liked Ready or Not, so. Yeah, um, and it's it's a full reboot with, like, a full new central cast. Um, they we, got, do, we got a new protagonist. We got a new protagonist. We do bring back the three central people, but, again, they are just there to They're support in the background. what's going on. Sydney is, like, only on call. Like, you don't, <laughs> yeah. you don't get her in person. She's like, I'm... A boardwalk mom now i've gotta go <laughs> niv campbell is like i'll do like one scene in new york so that i don't have to fly anywhere and then that's it uh, yeah well i mean she does show up though um i like scream five i, I think do like scream five it, it's it's got a couple strikes against it um strike number one i think in this one melissa barrera as the main character doesn't quite have it for me I think she's a lot better in Scream 6. I agree with you there. I like her um, a lot better in 6. But, um... I don't hate her, though. Jenna Ortega as her younger sister is just the more compelling actress, especially she's in this good. one. With her, like, bare makeupless face, she looks like she's 10 years old. <laughs> I just think she's sidelined for too much of this movie. She um, is. She is the stronger character, but I want her to be the little sister. I don't know if I want her as the main character, necessarily. And I think um, one thing we're going to talk about, it's hard to talk about this one without talking about Scream 6, because 6 is a direct sequel. Yes, um, they're directly related to each other, but, but let's let's try. I think the supporting characters in this one are not as good as in 6, and I think the reason for that is they killed off a lot of the supporting cast I didn't really like in this one. Right. <laughs> and kept around the ones that I really did like for 6. That's um, true. Um, so yeah, I think there's like a few, uh, like supporting characters that don't, don't quite do it for me. Um, you know, I think Randy's sister is back and she has (laughs) spawned, uh, another Randy like they're, they're twins, but only one is a Randy like that only one got the Randy gene (laughs) and I, I think she's my favorite character. She she kind of rocks. I love Mindy. She's uh, she's like this weed smoking, like too much information sharing. Like, why did you just say that lesbian uh, character? And I think she's awesome. I kind of like identify with that a little bit. It's it's super fun. I love the twins. Um, I think the twins are the Iron Twins, the Wonder <laughs> Twins. I think um, the the places where this falls down for me, um, I'm not a huge fan of the Killers. Um, I'm okay with it. I I didn't find it surprising at all who they were. No, um, I thought this was like a decent pick for like at least getting kind of main cast members to be the killers. But I didn't. I feel love... like Lacey was really obvious because they have her cast as like this kind of mysterious goth chick you who's mean, like in the background. You mean Amber? But yes, Amber. Who's, yeah. Who's Lacey? Is that a character? Is that anyone? <laughs> Did I just make someone up? Uh. 
Yeah, I think you made that one up. Yeah, I think I made that one up. Uh, and then Richie, the boyfriend, um, just not doing it for me. I think he's uh, funny before that point because um, she, the main character, Sam, has to talk to him about the Scream franchise, a.k.a. the Stab franchise, and the whole movie is him going through them, like, <laughs> critiquing them. Watching them on Netflix. I think that's really funny. Speaking of, like, critiquing the franchise, I think this movie makes a gambit that I don't really agree with their their framing of it. So, for one, they have characters in this movie that are talking about how they like elevated horror. They yes, like... Uh, Jenna Ortega starts in the beginning. She is the, the cold open victim, but she doesn't die, which I think is interesting. But she she is on the phone talking about how much she likes elevated horror. She's like, I like the witch, and I like, I like the bo- Hereditary, she, and the like, Babadook. I like the Babadook. The Babadook is my favorite. And they want it to be this, like, punchline that she thinks that slashers are kind of garbage, and it the really, Babadook is, like, great. It doesn't have anything to say about any of those movies, though. Yeah, because which is never... kind of my problem with bringing it well, up. Well, the the thing that it has to say is that um, uh, schlocky thra- uh, slashers do have things to say if like you pay attention, and they're just more subtle about it and more like uh, generally like vehicles for making money. Um, but like, who do you think your fans are? Scream franchise. I who mean... do you think is like popping off for? like a legacy franchise it's like people that like mainstream horror which in this in this day and age is like a24 fans i think yeah i think here's my feeling about it you can't really talk about horror movies in 2022 2023 without bringing this up because that is just what it looks like right now and it is so different i don't think there was any avoiding that but i wish they actually had anything to say about it well, and I think the flip side to this is that the killers, their whole thing is that they are like radicalized on message board. They say 4chan Reddit. Chan yes, Redditors. They, can, they say the words Reddit. Um, they, you know, they are all the other way where the culture war has come to scream. And these are like the post Gamergate horror fans that are like, you've ruined the franchise now and we have to save it. And there's no such thing as being toxic fans. They, oh, God, there are some <laughs> there are some lines that I wish were never in that movie, which he says some stupid shit like fandom can't be toxic. It's like How can oh, fandom be toxic? I wish I could die right now. <laughs> I wish you didn't say that. So I feel like um, you know, whatever, punching down at, at or punching up or whatever at Chuds is always funny. Um, but it, I like, think it is funny. I think it always was probably going to take that direction at some point at like super fan type people. But also like the people who talk about Scream on Reddit and stuff are kind of the people who care about it these, the most. These who are, are seeing the movie. So who, I don't know if you want it both ways. Who or do you think you Randy is a caricature of? <laughs> like this is your whole franchise Scream. It's like the two groups of people that are keeping the Scream franchise afloat are like People who like A24 and Redditors who like slashers. Like, I think... Um, these are, in a lot of cases, these are the same people in ways that we don't want to accept think, and talk about. I think the pointing at Scream fans is funnier and more successful in Six, personally. Yes, I agree with that. Um, 
it's just like it, it all comes off as very forced to me that like we're gonna we're gonna poke fun at uh you know at at uh babies that don't respect their elders and their 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 uh horror roots by only liking elevated horror which like no horror movie fan i know talks about horror that way no they're I all think like they're very annoyed by the term elevated horror yeah i think they're like well yeah i like jordan peele movies because like everyone does and like sure i i also like terrifier and i also like old movies like every horror fan i know is like that yeah you know they don't they don't just go like oh my i'm a horror fan but i hate most horror movies like no no, like these aren't people who are you talking about well let's just say i think jenna ortega is supposed to be a little bit of a normie well like okay maybe she's like a young normie teen but like whatever like get over yourself you're such an annoying old head by like punching down at these like babies that are coming to watch your movie like I don't know. It's just, it's kind of always done that. It has kind of always done that. I mean, that is, like, the the scene from Scream 1, right? Like, people are going to the movie to want to be made fun of a little bit. Yeah, definitely. But I guess just, like, it, it all comes off, I guess, yeah, it's just a little too forced. And it, and it doesn't quite have in, enough, like, meat on the bone there for me to really buy any of it. Yeah, I think my number one problem with these new two movies is they also feel very safe in general like they're making very kind of safe decisions like no one cares that you killed david arquette or whatever yeah you're not making anyone mad by that happening you're not making anyone mad by the killer reveals or anything it's yeah, all it's uh, all very tame and palatable my, my my main problem with five and six is again i just want them to take a bigger swing i, I want... do want them to take a bigger swing i want fucking something crazy to happen yeah next time and we I al- think I also I love I love um, the visions of Billy Loomis saying stuff like <laughs> "believe in yourself" like I did, <laughs> like, and murder someone. I, it's just like who cares about I'm the son of Billy Loomis? Nobody cares about that. That's the problem with these. Everyone's related to someone. It wants to be like, oh, the legacy is so important. It's like no, no, it isn't. Like go go ahead and but kill we still Arquette, we man. still don't have anyone related to Stu. <laughs> go ahead and make like two of the central cast members like Randy's niece and nephew. Like, <laughs> and there's no reason they have to be Randy's niece and nephew. Everyone always has to be related no. to each other, and they even call attention to it, right? And it's just like you're not doing anything with it. So who cares? Like, you're. I get it. You're passing the torch. You want it to seem like. Everyone is signing off on this, that you have this new cast, and that the main people aren't really in it anymore. I'm fine with it. Just make a good movie, and call it Scream, and have Ghostface in it. That's all you gotta do. Yeah. True. Which brings us... Scream 6. Scream 6. Um, so we just saw this one in the theater. Yes. Before it left theaters, because it wasn't playing basically anywhere. Yeah, although... We were kind of last to the party. I think it's gotten a pretty good reaction in general. Oh, people love the new one. Yeah. Even more than five, so... Um, I definitely felt like the kind of young cast came into their own a little bit more in this Yeah, especially, I was saying that Sam feels like she's come into the character a lot more, and I like her a lot more in this one. It focuses on her a ton more, and I think she does a way better job in this one, Um, just in terms of, like, I don't know, selling me on this character's kind of whole deal. I'm kind of, like, way more invested in her. Um, I think her having to fight against, like, the conspiracy that, like, she was the killer all along in the last one is kind of interesting. 
Yeah, although that again feels very like we're just going to nod at the culture war of the the 2020 election and all oh, the forums and rumors on Twitter and it's uh, like all movies are like that now. I'm sorry. I know, it's just it, it does it have to be just like a one-off thing and, it, and it, I mean it's not a one-off thing in this movie. They they really get into it. Um But I I'm sorry that we can't talk about character dynamics without talking about Twitter. <laughs> But I do like I do like the cast in this one. I think the supporting characters get even better, and I think I love I love their slutty slash uh, sex positive roommate. Yeah, she's funny. She's a lot of fun. Um, I think my uh, favorite part about this is that this is the least legacy cast we have gotten in a scream movie. Oh, I do like how Gail Weathers comes back as a big old boss bitch, though. So I we do get a ton of Gail, and we do get Kirby, who I don't know who is asking I don't... for Kirby. That's what I'm saying. A character that was clearly dead, right? Yeah. And like, we could we could bring back dead people now. And listen, I think Hated Bantier does okay. I like her way better in this one than I did in I, 4. I think she does okay in this. I do not think she is bad and terrible like she is in 4. <laughs> um, but it's still, like, the character I could do the least... I could do the most without, basically... Of oh, this cast? If, if there's going to be a seven, she's going to be in it. You know that. Well, yeah, she because she's part of the core group now. I just hope that she dies early in seven. That'd be fine. At this point. Yeah. What I really want, what I want from screen seven, is I want, we found a way to get Billy fucking Loomis on camera. Can we get Stu on camera? Yeah, we're... Can we call Matt Lillard up and be like, hey, you want to do like 30 seconds of the movie at least... We're bringing people back who are dead. Can I we get a need flashback? To... We need... Can, I get a... can I get a ghostly paranormal event? Can I get anything? I want Matthew Lillard back as old as Matthew Lillard with a mustache on like that one episode of Law & Order SVU. And he's like, I'm back. They, they brought me back. And he has like mechanical legs. <laughs> and <laughs> I his, want his, punished his, Matthew Lillard. His arms are knives. I, I want... I, I they want, rebuilt me. I want... it. Who's that? It's Matt Lillard's... His Stu's character's long-lost twin brother. Yes! Yes! That's what we were talking about this. We were talking about the funniest ways they could bring it back. Because we're still not talking about Stu. We have talked about literally every fucking character and in we, this franchise. And we pride them apart and bought ways to bring them back. But we don't talk about Stu! Like, we've talked Randy and Billy to death. Can we get some Stu? Stu is just as important, if not more. He's the best part of the best movie. Can we get at least a cameo? I know. Please. Like, why Why don't we have, like, someone who's son of Stu, like, fighting yeah. Sam with a knife at the yeah, end of Seven? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's my biggest, like, wish list item for, for Scream 7. Um, I want to talk about the intro to Scream yeah, 6. Yeah, I was going to say, we haven't even talked about the intro, which was a really good part of 6. So, the cool thing that they do with the cold open of 6 is they do the whole, you know, uh, uh, hot, slightly more famous than you're expecting for someone who's going to get murdered character gets murdered beginning of the movie but then it does something really cool it cuts to the killer's perspective and for about like 15 minutes we like follow who the killer is and we see their face we see who they are they're like a character in the world um and then oh just kidding this is a cold open inside of a cold open that person gets murdered by ghost face and i will say 
Their apartment is hilarious. They're yes. like this ghost face scream fan duo, and they have all these like movie posters and specifically podcast posters. Like I, I'm not gonna speak to the quality of the podcasts that were chosen, <laughs> but, but they're I think, they're on I brand think, for these I guys. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, so that that's really fun. What I wanted. I just wanted them to go the whole fucking way. I was thinking that as soon as the guy unmasked himself, I'm like, what if we just knew who the killer was the what whole What if time? we did a fucking Scream movie where you know who it is, and they're there interacting with the other characters the whole time, and you're constantly going like, oh, what the fuck? That would have been a really fun reach for like uh, something new and different, and I was kind of intrigued by that. And... And, I, and it turns into a mystery again, but also I think the fake out is also kind of fun. I think the fake out is fun, but then the people that they ultimately pick are, like, kind of disappointing to me again for the Scream Killer. I get it's hard to, like, pick a good choice mystery for who this is going to be. Person. Right, but um, just, you know, another case of, like, okay, yeah, I guess you can pick these people, but, like, it's just a little boring. Our, our first trio? I guess. I guess? It doesn't really work as a trio. I don't um, know. It just feels, it, parts of this movie just felt a little forced, and the, um, we're gonna tantalize you with, here would be a really big fucking swing, you know who the killer is right off the jump, and then we're gonna take that away from you. I still like the way that scene feels. Yeah, I like the opening a lot. I saw, like, the ghost of a Scream 6 An I would have liked much movie. better, Yeah, and it, it took that away from me, and I really would just love for someone to make a movie where they they fucking do it you know um i think um ironically enough for how much we made fun of like super fans in the last one they're really afraid of pissing people off with that kind of like (sighs) departure which is sad yeah it it does feel like for all the you know we're gonna poke fun at our fan base and the rules and blah 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 they are afraid to break the rules they're really afraid Um, specifically the the scream franchise rules which gail still doesn't die She's yeah. never going to <laughs> she's die. Not, she's an iron woman. She she gets she's been stabbed how many times in these movies? Yeah, the the twins are the new ones where Chad specifically gets the shit stabbed <laughs> out of him in both Every movies movie. and he survives. I I do I do like him uh, in these. Uh, um, I'm glad Mindy's back. I'm I like glad Mindy. Mindy's a staple. Yeah, I, I think they I think that yeah they picked good like supporting cast members for it. Um, so overall. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, like, Six does a couple of my favorite uh, scary movie tropes of new times, which they do. Uh, this takes place in New York, so they do uh, a crowded uh, public place kill, which is really harrowing, which I really thought was a good scene. Yeah, I, I think like the kills in Six are really good. I want to yeah. give them credit the for The kills are excellent. I think this is probably my favorite favorite sequel of the franchise besides the first one five and six have both been really good should we do you do you have anything else you want to get out on six before we kind of just rate the franchise and talk about it no i'm if anything i'm surprised we ever talked about roman ever again oh yeah that was a crazy callback <laughs> which uh, it makes me even more sad we're never talking about Stu ever again never never not even once all right. You're going to shout out Roman, but not Stu? Anyway. Franchise rankings. 
Do you want to start at the bottom and work your way up, or do you want to go top down? I, I kind of want to go top down. Let's go top down. So we're in agreement, right? Number fucking one. One is always going to be the best one. Scream, one, 1996, the best one. Uh, you just, you know, it's a fucking classic for a reason. It is. It absolutely is. It has the best cast. It has the best pacing, uh, best it does kills, have the best pacing. everything. Um, I... And the 90s, as an era, is embodied. Yeah, I think I think it just um, is the most like steady-handed with all of its stuff, and it's the bravest of any of the movies. And that's yeah, it's why the I like one it. that does stuff that's different. That's not just copying yeah. the first screen because it is the first screen. Exactly. Uh, number two. Uh, Second ranking. This is where I think our rankings are going to start to diverge. What is your Second pick. My number two is Scream 2. That's interesting to me. I think Scream 2 has a lot of problems. Um, It does not capture the magic of the first one. It is really kind of chasing it the whole time. It really feels the lack of some of the supporting cast that was good that it killed off. Um, I don't love the ending. Having said all that, I think it is the closest any of these movies have gotten to getting back to scream one i guess so maybe that's just like proximity based though i think my second pick is gonna be six yeah having watched all these together it is the one i found the most fun the most enjoyable as a movie not just a scream movie but also as a scream movie it does some interesting stuff and i like that i don't know i feel nice that it's refreshed we have a new cast that are getting used to their roles they're yes. doing good in their roles and i'm excited for seven yeah i think i think six is my number three i think it's it's just a hair below two for me i think it, like on any given day i might like six a little bit more um i think six like you said the cast is getting like they, they've they've got their like sea legs under them i can feel like this cast developing i want to see the next scream movie i definitely want to see the next one um i i think i hope this writing team um is willing to take a little bit bigger of a swing i would love Um, that yeah i think they've earned it at this point showing that you know they've had two pretty successful well-liked movies people like the new ones which has not happened for scream in a fucking while that's right it Um, needed it so yeah i i hope that gives them enough leeway to um do some fun stuff with what i'm guessing i'm ready bring on stew (laughs) (laughs) give us stew we want stew what is your number three my number three is gonna be five I yeah. think as the other new one, it had a lot of moments that really genuinely made me laugh. Having watched all of these movies all together in a short amount of time, I thought it had the funniest stuff to say about the actual franchise. And I like the new cast. Even though they weren't as polished as maybe in 6, I still really like Jenna Ortega. I still really like uh, the girl who plays Sam. They have a new group of, like, high schoolers who are all talking about, like, maybe I could be the killer. Like, stuff <laughs> like that. I think that stuff is fun. Yeah, um, I think I think five is is uh, my number, what, four? Uh, so, right, af- right after you. Um, it, it's very close to six and two for me. Um, I think uh, two as well as six um, are just a little bit more seasoned in terms of the cast and a little more, like... Um, well executed, I guess. Um, but there's a lot that I really like about five. I think, um, 
if it weren't for some of the kind of really heavy-handed callback stuff, five might have made it a little bit further for me. Yeah, there are some lines that are uh, give me secondhand embarrassment in a major way. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, those, those moments are few and far between. And that still happens for the other ones. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, but I think five, uh, pretty, pretty dang good. I think... Um, my like top four of one, two, five, and six, those are all, I would classify all of those as good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I would call my fourth pick good. So what is your number four? Two. All right. So you have two below five and six. Yes. But still above uh, three and four. Yes, I do. Because I, I do think the first half is, like you said, it is the most like... This is a Scream sequel. It is following that first one probably the best because it has, I don't know, that main cast kind of fresh out of doing that. It, it, it is only like a year later, right? Yeah, you so... can, yeah, I think you can feel that. I think that's to its benefit. Um, it does drag on for a long time. I don't know if it uses its premise the best of being in college. I think they could have done more with it. Yeah, it's a beautiful campus. I wish they used that campus way better, way more. Uh, yeah, I do like the broad daylight kill on campus in that one. I wish I there think, was more of that. I think that's really good. Definitely. Yeah, and I like the, um, too, I, I like the ending in, like, the big theater also. Yeah, the setting is fine. The reveal, not so much. The reveal so, yeah. itself, no. That's my fourth pick. Uh, number five. I think we are back on track with this one. It's four, right? It's four. Um, four has a lot of problems. If I could, like, flip-flop Scream 2 and Scream 4, if I could, like, cut and paste, like, <laughs> the ending and the beginning of those two movies, we would have... A good Scream movie. A maybe the movie. Maybe the second best Scream movie. Maybe. Maybe so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think there are definitely... Highs and lows with Scream 4. There are highs and lows of high school football. That's right. Um, yeah, I, I think this is just a case of the older cast being over or underworked. Take your pick. No, um, they don't need to be here. The The younger supporting cast just not being as seasoned and not bringing as much to the table as in the, the, yeah. the 2020s reboots. Emma Roberts um, is the saving grace. Yeah, she's she's basically the only one doing anything that's any fun. Uh, if I could have more of that throughout the rest of the movie, like that'd be fine. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think more than anything, the the stuff that just bums me out is the 2011 tone is just super. 2011. Just a just dead in, zone, man. Yeah. Like, I, was there anything good that came out 2011? At all. <laughs> Uh, for horror movies, we're talking like Final Destination Five, which did Grave Encounters for the show. It's, I mean, there's probably something out there, right? But it, it's just like look up movies of 2011. Let's see what that looks right. like. All right, I'm I'm going to do that. 2011. Uh, pop. Let's look at 2011 popular, because I don't want somebody's random list of the 2011 movies they liked. Oh boy, we got Hangover Part Two. <laughs> we got Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. What the fuck, man? We got that Sherlock Holmes sequel. They're still making the Transformers and Fast and the Furious movies. 
We saw a trailer for the new Transformers, oh, by the way. Why are that? Why does one have titties? <laughs> I was like looking at you, like, are we serious right now? Uh, why is that one a monkey? I didn't like take down all the trailers, but they no, were we, not. We don't have our good. We don't have our trailer segment because there were no interesting trailers, basically. Oh my god, it is bad out here, folks. Yeah, I think 2011 Drive, was... famously, the <laughs> Academy Award winner of 2011. It was just a dire year for movies, I think. The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Great. Great. Uh, bad time. Bad time to be watching movies, 2011. My point stands. <laughs> yeah. Um, which brings us to... Our final. Our worst Scream sequel. Scream movie. Scream 3. Scream 3. Um, you know... It is the worst one, but I would rather watch it than 4 and 2 <laughs> sometimes, because it is still funny sometimes. Like, when that guy just explodes, that's pretty funny. I don't know. There's a lot of, like, really not anything stuff. Like Randy's all the... sister and him on the videotape, that's kind of funny. I'd rather have the actual alive Randy, I think. Would you, though? Then Randy on the videotape. The... Randy on videotape isn't as much of a threat. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, like, we... I mean, we already talked about these movies, right? I think my, my biggest problem with 3 is, I think, um, again, just this central cast is their third movie that they've done with these same people. They there are, aren't there aren't like anyone else in the movie. The, by the, the way, the supporting cast. There's there is no supporting cast. Yeah, I, it's a bunch of people that just die. Um, you know, there are a couple of black characters that die without be, getting to be characters. Yeah, they uh, probably say something about that before they die, huh? Uh huh. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't find the Hollywood stuff super charming at all. Um, no, I I kind of found it disgusting to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Not really a love letter to Hollywood as much as we hate Hollywood. Yeah. Which, it, it isn't good at that either. It, no, like, it's not even, like, a good, like, ringing critique of anything. It's just, like, this terrible... Th- it Literally, the climax of three is the bad guy showing up to be like, your mom was sexually assaulted and that turned her into a monster. And that's why I'm a monster, because I'm her child, and you are too, because you're her child. And it's like, Jesus fucking Christ, get me out of Ma- this movie. Maureen just had, like, an affair or two, okay? <laughs> she's fine. <laughs> she died, but she's fine. She's not fine, but she's fine. Just, I don't need, like, a we screed. Didn't, we didn't need that about Maureen. No. <laughs> no one was asking for this. So... Anyway. Sometimes people's moms just like sex. <laughs> we don't, need, we don't to, need a sad backstory while your mom likes sex. We don't need like a sad but also slut-shamey backstory of Sydney's mom, a character who we never meet because she is dead A character the that was uh, sexually assaulted and murdered, yeah. yeah. We don't need a scathing review on Maureen. So, yeah, um, those, that's the Scream movies. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, I think overall, I have fucking watched some much worse horror franchises that go on this many movies or longer. Yeah, this is um, kind of short for a, a franchise, I would say. Given the choice to watch the Scream movies or like the Final Destinations or Saw, give me Scream 
nine days out of yeah, nine out of, times out, out of, of ten. Fr- uh, Friday the 13th, I would probably say more screams are good than Friday the 13th. I, I would agree good. with that. I would agree with that. I don't <laughs> I don't know if any, well, I guess Scream 1 is probably better than Friday the 13th 6. Uh, but those... Ooh, that's hard. I I mean, yeah, it is, but... Yeah, and I think... I love Friday the 13th. I think the first few Friday the 13th are fine and to good, um, but there's a lot of bad ones that I would rather yeah. watch the Scream movies for. I think Another you're... one where, where 6 is the best sequel. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, that's your opinion. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> um, so, you know, for as far as horror franchises go, I think you could do a lot worse. I agree with that. Uh, I think um, just... My, my main thing about Scream is I want them to, to do more and to try harder. Uh, and we'll see if they if they get there. Yeah, like, I think that each of the movies is, like, different enough that you could just, like, watch these in a week and you'd be fine. Like, meanwhile, you would have to put me to flame to get me to name a difference between Friday the 13th, 3, and 4. <laughs> so. Yeah, they're basically the same movie. It's, I mean, I think they're just entertaining. I think, um, I think I want to give a lot of credit to, yeah, Wes Craven mostly for the first few because... Kevin Williamson also, his writing kind of got it there. He's also, like, responsible for some of my least favorite stuff in these movies, too, so I don't want to get into too much. but also he's still in action for the new ones that I like, so maybe he just needed a break. He needed some lemonade. He just needed he to drank give some up. lemonade and he took a break. He needed to give up creative control and stop writing the movies. Stop writing the faculty. And just, uh, you know, consult here and there. Yeah, exactly. I think these movies would be better if the people making them didn't love Scream as much as they do. Mm. If they were, or if they at least loved it enough to be like, let's, you know, try and actually challenge it as opposed to just hope to recapture the magic. Yeah, because you're not going to recapture the magic of the first one. You can, the best you can do is hope to make a good horror movie, which I think the new one does okay with. I, I think they manage to be good, but they fall short of like, I see, like I said, I see the ghost of like the ghost better face. movies. The ghost face of better movies. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Any final thoughts on the Scream franchise? It was a good idea. Yeah. It was I, fun watching all of them. It was fun. I, I have to say, I like Ghostface. Me too. I, I like that he has like a standardized voice. One of my favorite parts of all of them is you can always just punch him in the face or trip him with a banana peel. <laughs> and he'll go like pot over fucking tea kettle <laughs> down the hallway. And that's my, always really funny to see. My favorite thing about Ghostface is the way he runs. Yeah. In all of the movies, he wears those um those like Halloween cloaks that are like frayed and kind of flowing. Yeah, like the the witch costume you yeah. get at the store. Um it's always like somebody wearing boots or something like that under and like jeans. Yeah, it's uh, a costume that anyone can do. We could both be ghostface this year. We could. I just you know, despite being literally a different character every time, Ghostface manages to have like a standardized personality. Yeah, he is standardized. Um and just is always fun. I like Ghostface. I uh, like him too. Like um, he's like his own separate character, as even far, though he's always a different person. As far as slasher villains go, you could do way, way worse than Ghostface. Oh yeah, it's um, iconic. Yeah. Um. So I, I do, I do want to give them credit for that. I think, literally, I have enjoyed Ghostface in every single screen movie. Yeah. Yeah. He's always the best part. Yeah. 
I think that's a pretty good place to end it. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for retrospecting with us, you guys. That was our Scream franchise retrospective. We, you know, if they make a Scream 7, we're going to go see it. Yeah, we're going to go do it. I think we're officially Screamheads now. Yeah, Screamers. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I I think we're fans of the franchise now. Ghost stands. I don't, I know for goddamn sure we will not be grimly marching to the theater the way we will be for Saw 10. (laughs) I don't know know why we did this. You know we could just not go see it. We have to see it. We do, though. (laughs) If we we saw Spiral and Jigsaw and re-watched those movies a bunch of times for no reason, we gotta go see it. Okay, but Matthew Lillard is coming back in the Five Nights at Freddy's (laughs) movie, as we've discussed on the same day. day. (laughs) He's back in the horror sphere. I think we could get him back. I think... You're telling me Matthew Lillard doesn't want to just, like, show up for a little bit? You couldn't get him for a cameo? You couldn't get him to be a ghost in the mirror? I think he was tired of people saying, I'm dying, man, at him all the time. But I think, like, 30 years later, he might be up for it. Come on. It's, like, his most iconic role. He's great. He's underappreciated in his time. Besides people calling him Shaggy. Which, okay. He was a good Shaggy. The only good thing in those movies. He is. But also, he'll always be stewed to me, too. Anyway. <laughs> uh, join us next week for some regularly scheduled programming. We're doing We're, Saw. We are doing Saw. We'll talk about... We'll, we'll have to talk about the sequels a little bit, right? We, and we have to talk about our relationship with that franchise because it has been something we've alluded to on the show a few times. Yeah, that, I think that's why I had to put it in the sack. Because think, we had to, you I know... I think it's time for us to just do we it. Have to, we have to face our demons. We have to face our uh, little puppet on a tricycle. Who do you think is a better, more iconic horror villain? Jigsaw or Ghostface? Ghostface. I would prefer Ghostface. Yeah. Way more fun. You can't dress up as Jigsaw on Halloween. Unless you're like two feet tall. You could bring a little guy with you. Oh, that's <laughs> cute. If you if you like dressed up as Ghostface and you had your little Jigsaw, like my buddy. <laughs> this is my scary movie. This is my son. <laughs> cosplay <laughs> all right uh do we want to do any plugs you know where to find you us. know where to find us if you watch our regular episodes if you enjoy that kind of thing you always say watch i think that's funny watch listen no stare at the bar go down <laughs> oh yeah we did do that, do that that one time <laughs> yeah you gotta you gotta just look I at hope, the seconds tick by i hope you're still doing that by the way yeah i hope everyone does it literally every episode of our show haunting that's gonna do it goodbye everybody goodbye